Welcome to the sermon podcast of South Hills Church in Costa Mesa. My name is Chris Kretzu, and I'm the campus pastor here. Thank you for carving out the time to listen to this today. I hope that you will be encouraged and challenged, and ultimately that you'll have a deeper sense of God's love for you. I'll be back after the message is over, but until then, I hope that you enjoy this episode. Like I said, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about how to have a more healthy and holistic, God-honoring a way to approach our finances and to approach our stuff. Uh, week one, we talked about uh, the question of, is God uh, trustworthy? Um, we looked at what does it mean to have a healthy view of God and to to cultivate contentment in our hearts. Week two, we talked about how to make our our money, our finances, and and make choices that serve the story that we want to live, that God's telling through our lives. Last week, we talked about debt, which is always just so fun, and and how to have a different perspective on debt and stuff. And this week, I want to talk about simplicity. Can everybody say simplicity? If you guys are online, you can just type it right into the chat window, simplicity. Uh, I want to talk about being simple and simplifying and simplicity. And it's this idea that's actually, uh, I think it's really exciting in a lot of ways. There's this idea of like, yeah, man, I, I'd be down to simplify. I'd like a more simple life, a more simple schedule. Uh, I, I, would, I would be interested in these things. And so we're going to talk about that and what that means and, and practically speaking, what that looks like in our lives. We're going to look at a passage in Luke chapter 12. If you guys have your Bibles, um, you can turn there. Luke chapter 12, uh, there's a couple aspects of this passage we're going to look at. The first one is in uh, starting in verse 13. Jesus is teaching, and uh, as he's, he's walking and talking and teaching, in verse 13, it, we pick up the story here, and it says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me which just feels like a really funny and random thing to shout out in the middle of like following Jesus. Teacher, my brother's not being fair. I mean, it's like, it's just this really kind of bizarre moment. Uh, and Jesus replies, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And then he said to them, and this is kind of a, a crucial part for us today. He said, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Jesus says, watch out. Be on your guard. He's speaking to everybody in this moment. I want you to be careful, be aware, be cautious. Watch out. Life does not uh, consist in an abundance of possessions. What he's essentially saying is there's this temptation that we have, and we talked about this a few weeks ago. There's this, there's this kind of drift, this slip that starts to happen where we start to believe if I have everything that I want, then I will find some sense of wholeness, fullness, life, happiness. If, if I'm able to get anything I want, I'll be able to experience that peace. There's a sense that he's warning that a lot of stuff does not equal Uh, happiness. It does not equal life. It does not equal fullness or wholeness. There's a warning that Jesus is making. And I think it's interesting for us because there's always this desire for simplicity. uh, simplicity. Uh, It sounds magical and enticing. Um, There's a phrase, kiss. You guys familiar with kiss? The band and the phrase both. We're talking about the phrase this time, keep it simple. Yeah, I know. Some people are like, can I say stupid at church? Uh, Some of us say, keep it simple, silly. Uh, you know, uh, but there's this idea of simplicity that I think is really enticing. There's like, yes, I would love a more simple life. I would love a more simple home. I would love a more simple uh, closet or cabinets or organization or whatever it is, my calendar, my time. Absolutely. 
The challenge is that usually when we talk about simplicity and when we make an attempt, it has to do with some, some kind of basic ways of cleaning out or organizing, and that's a part of it. Going through your closet and, and donating old clothes, on its own, it's not simplifying. That's kind of just cleaning. Um, simplifying would be not refilling your closet over the next six to nine months with new clothes. Uh, that's what it means to kind of cultivate simplicity. Some of us have realized that it's, it feels good to simplify, to clean, to, to downsize, to clarify. It feels good in this moment. There's this rush that comes with it, but it's hard to keep it going over time. If I were to ask you know, everybody here today, everybody watching online, if I were to ask how to create a simple life, I bet uh, that there would be three answers that everybody would essentially give at the top. And I'll, I put all these things up here. The first one would be to buy less stuff. The second one would be to get rid of excess, all the extra stuff. Some of you know who you are. You have closets or garages or storage units that have just a lot of things you're saving for something. In the future, maybe, possibly, we'll see what happens. So there's buy less, get rid of the extra, and then also to clear the schedule, to clarify the time, to clear out my schedule, to simplify the things that I'm saying yes to. I, I bet everybody would say one or two of these three things. This is kind of the, the obvious way to simplify our lives. I think the, the first two, they kind of fit into this, added, uh, this, this category of thinking that simplicity is an antidote to greed. Like simplicity, if I, if I have less stuff, if I buy less stuff, then it'll fight against kind of this consumerism, this desire to have more stuff. And there's a lot of books and blogs and TV shows about minimalism and simplicity and Marie Kondo and, and all these types of things. There's, I mean, there's a lot of truth. There's a lot of goodness there. There's a lot of resources there. Decluttering feels really good in the moment, but the, the effect in the long run is usually pretty minimal. We end up buying more things. We end up refilling the junk drawers. Um, you know, the things just kind of slowly slip back to the way that they used to be. Material minimalism or having less stuff is an important part of simplicity, but it's just that. It's, it's a part of it. And it's not just literal stuff. There's also the idea of our calendars and our time. We talked about this about a month and a half ago, about the way we spend our time. Maybe it's having too much stuff on our calendar that's the challenge, and we need to simplify it. Our calendars or schedules are overfilled or overcrowded. There's a few things I've thought were really interesting. I've read over the last few weeks, studies have shown that on average, people's free time has increased ever since 1960. Every decade, people have more and more free time. Does anybody feel like they have free time? Probably not. A lot of us. Um, work hours have decreased by eight hours a week. And leisure time has increased by seven hours a week. So I don't know what you're doing with the other hour, but there's an hour you're losing somewhere in there, folks. So you want to you wanna find that one. Um, it says community involvement has declined. So we're doing less in the community. Young adults attend social events 40% less than a decade ago. Um, the number of close friends that people have has declined. Um, people, in the same way that people are buying less things without feeling like their lives are simpler. People are actually have more time and still somehow feel more anxiety and more busyness and chaos in their schedules. As activities have gone down, stress has gone up. 40% of Americans say they're overworked. 50% say that they are, uh, there are too many tasks to complete each week. Two-thirds uh, of people feel that they don't have enough time for themselves or for their spouses. And three out of every four people say they don't spend as much time with their kids as they like. 
And some people are like, no, nah, I got plenty of time with my kids. I'm okay. I'm the one out of four. Um, there's this reality that whether you're talking about material things and simplifying or decluttering the stuff that we have, or if we're talking about our schedule and our calendar and simplifying the, the time and how we spend our time, both of these things somehow still fall short. We can clean out the closet and it feels good for a minute, but ultimately it doesn't help us feel like we're living a simple life. We can clean up our schedule and maybe it lasts for a couple weeks or maybe a month, but ultimately it just refills. I mean, do you guys remember how open and free you were when the pandemic started? And there was like this bizarre sense of, we can do anything. And then everybody was like, I better use this time. I better do as much as possible with all of this free time. I'm going to learn how to make bread. Uh, I'm going to, you know what, we fill that time immediately. Uh, we just refill it so quickly and, and we forget the desire to actually have simplicity. The amount of stuff we have, or maybe more accurately don't have, is important. But that alone won't change our lives. The amount of stuff we do or don't do is important, but that alone also won't change our lives. And it's interesting because, you know, we've talked about spiritual disciplines as a follower of Jesus. There's these activities, these practices that we're called to do, like fasting, prayer, reading the scripture, uh, generosity, service, all these things that many people are like, yeah, that makes sense. Did you guys know that one of the spiritual disciplines we're supposed to practice is simplicity? This is actually something we're all supposed to be pursuing and you are not doing great. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is, it's not just like a cool idea. This is something as a Jesus follower, if, you've, if you have committed your life to following the way of Jesus, this is actually something we're supposed to desire and practice and work towards, simplicity. It's more than just spring cleaning. So how can we watch out, like Jesus said? How can we be on guard? Because there is this drift that starts to happen, the thinking that if we have an abundance of things, of stuff, Maybe it's an abundance of time. Maybe it's all the things that we desire. There's this drift, and he's saying that life is not found in that space. The reality is that there's no point in simplifying your life or trying to simplify it if you're ultimately steering towards an end point that doesn't matter to begin with. What that means is, and I'll, I'll give it an example this way. This is going to be a real roundabout example, so buckle up, folks. Uh, <clears throat> This week, I went to my least favorite place in the world, the dentist, uh, not Target, exactly. Somebody paid attention last week. I went to the dentist, and I knew that this appointment was coming, and there's like a crown and maybe a root canal, which didn't end up happening, but then we, they were in there like, oh, we should probably just pull this other tooth while we're here. And I'm like, what? Uh, and so they did, and so I've just been loving life since Wednesday. Um, and uh, But I went, and it's, it's like kind of this sense of, man, if you go to the dentist, and even if you just go for like a regular cleaning, like you should do that. But also, like, that alone isn't going to keep your teeth clean and healthy. You have to do other, you have to pay attention. You have to care all year round, not just every six months. When you do, like, oh, everybody get their toothbrush out and their floss. We're going to the dentist today. Let's all brush really hard to make them think that we've been doing this for the last six months. Some people are laughing, and you're like me, who haven't been doing it for the last six months. And some of you guys are like, wait. People don't floss, uh, like my wife. Uh, her favorite pastime is dental care. Uh, but there's this reality that it's like it's not just doing something once. It's an ongoing process of choosing to, to understand and to see and to practice and, and to be intentional. 
It doesn't matter if you do it once, if the end goal, if what you're ultimately moving towards is totally different, if, if there's no point or bigger purpose to begin with, simplifying our stuff and our schedule are things that give an immediate result, but when they are practiced as their own ends, they ultimately fall short. Without a clear purpose, we don't have a filter for deciding how to spend our time. And that's ultimately how we get things complicated. Without having a clear purpose, we don't have a, a way to filter out how we spend our money or our resources or our, ener our energy. And that's ultimately how things become cluttered and, and, and chaotic. Should we work extra hours? Should we say yes to this invitation? Should we buy the extra shoes? Should we clean out the closet or the garage? Without a clear purpose, our progress towards long-term goals is hijacked by short-term distractions. This is a, something I really want us to hold on to. If we don't have a clear kind of end goal, this clear purpose, this, this place we're moving towards, if we don't have clarity on what that is, then the journey will be distracted and hijacked by all kinds of other smaller things all along the way. Jesus, in this passage in Luke 12, he goes on a few verses later to talk about this and to talk about these distractions. In verse 22, it says that Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, although I should have today because I'm very hot now, although it was 30 degrees this morning when I left the house. He says, don't worry about what you'll eat. Don't worry about what, you're wear, what you will wear because life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? What he's essentially saying here, if, if I can take a little bit of kind of freedom, I think what he's saying is you, you, your focus, your priorities are being hijacked. You are focusing on things that are not the end goal. There's distractions that are hijacking what is most important. Verse 27, he goes on, he says, consider how the wild flowers grow. They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And don't set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, runs after all such things, distracted by all of these different things, hijacked. And your father knows that you need them. And then verse 31 is kind of the, the exclamation mark on this. And he says, but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. But seek God's kingdom. Some versions say, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of these will be given to you as well. There's this thing where he's saying there's all of these distractions and worries and fears and concerns and questions that we all have, we all wrestle with, and they hijack our time and our focus and our attention. And when we're focused on these little things, just clutters up so much of our lives. Now, some of these things are literally just material, like actual stuff. Some of this is the way that our brains are, are splintered and we're chasing after a dozen things at a time or a hundred things at a time. Some of these are ways that we're spinning our wheels, focusing on things that are never really going to give us life or security or wholeness. 
Jesus says, seek first God's kingdom and the other things that you need will follow. They will be given to you as well. Without a clear purpose, our life is hijacked by distractions. And and when we have this clear purpose, this clear end goal, we live a life that's focused and it has the opportunity of being simple, of simplified, of a sense of simplicity. The, The purpose that Jesus is calling us to is to pursue the kingdom of God first, the kingdom of God. And, and for some of us, that's a very clear idea. We know what that means. Some of us, there's a lot of questions about what does that look like? Ultimately, when we pursue the kingdom of God, what that is is an invitation to live our lives and to try and create a community that looks like the community that God intended for us to live in, the way things were supposed to be, a community of generosity, a community of, of forgiveness, of grace, of, of bringing in kind of what we imagine heaven will be like, of trying to figure out how do we create a sense of that now in this place around me? How do I live my life in this way? This is the primary thing. This is the clear purpose that we're called to follow as, as followers of Jesus. Thomas Merton said it this way. He said, if you want to have a spiritual life, you must unify your life. All of life is either spiritual, it's either all spiritual or not spiritual at all. No man can serve two masters. Your life is shaped by the end that you live for. You are made in the image of what you desire. He's saying you, you don't get to categorize things. You don't get to be like the, the Sunday at church person and I've got the hour and a half there and then I've got the, the way I show up at work and I've got the way that I show up. He's saying it all is the same. You, it's either all spiritual or it is not any of it spiritual. That's not the right way to say that sentence, but you understand what I'm saying. He says you're made in the image of what you desire. Your life is shaped by the end you live for. Simplicity isn't just doing less or buying less or owning less. True simplicity is actually doing less of what matters the least and more of what matters the most. It's not just emptying your life of the bad, but it's actually filling it with the good. So I want to give just kind of a little bit of a practical example, uh, a personal example. Um, so for me, my purpose, uh, I wrote kind of these four things, and these are four things that have guided me um, for a long time. Sometimes I'm very aware and cognizant, and I do a great job remembering these things, and sometimes I spend time totally oblivious that these exist. Uh, just a little bit of honesty there. But the first one, if you can't read it, the first one is to follow the way of Jesus. I really feel like this is kind of the primary thing, the, the main thing, the, the, the ultimate uh, purpose that I am called to do is to follow the way of Jesus, to live my life the way that Jesus has modeled, to be a disciple of Jesus. The second thing is to be a great husband and father. The third thing is to help the church, this church, the you know Jesus's church, become a more authentic place. And then the fourth thing is to show hospitality as a friend and as a neighbor. I know there's a spelling error there if you guys are paying attention. So uh, to, to show hospitality as a friend and as a neighbor. So these are four things, and, and they're listed in the priority of what is most important in my life. Now, I'm not saying any of this to brag. I've already said I, I don't do this right all the time. I don't remember that these exist all the time. I, but the, the point of having a clear purpose, an articulated purpose, is that I actually get to make decisions based off of these these statements. I get to say, well, is saying yes to this, is, this, is it going to help me be a better husband or a father? If I, if I handle my taxes this way, is it going to help me follow the way of Jesus? 
Or is it going to put me on a different path? If, if I uh, duck my head every time I walk to my apartment, is that going to help me be hospitable to my neighbor? Probably not a whole lot. It, it helps me understand how to act, how to, how to interact with people, what to care about, what to prioritize, how to spend my time, my schedule, my finances, my stuff. By knowing my priorities and their importance, I have a, a clear way to make decisions about how I spend my money and my time. Purpose gives a unifying principle that allows all of our decisions to to get clarified. The reason why I bring this up is because I think for so many of us, we have a lot of desires. We want to be a good dad or a good friend or a spouse or or whatever it is. We want to follow. We want to be a good follower of Jesus. We we want we know we have these desires, but how many of us have actually articulated, "Hey, here's Here's the top three. Here's the top five things in order of what is most important for me. I bet a lot of us have like a a target. And if we were to like throw darts at it, it would be, we would make it on the target somewhere. But do we know, do we have clarity on what our ultimate purpose is, on what God is calling me to do, calling you to do? I think there's an, an invitation here for us. If we want to have to be able to lead a simple life, to experience simplicity, then we need to know how do we say yes and how do we say no to things? What do I say yes to and what do I say no to? The only way we can understand that is by getting clarity on who God is calling us to be as individuals, by knowing our priorities, by knowing our ultimate purpose. And again, for those of you that are here or those of you that are watching online, this makes sense regardless of what your faith is, where you're at in your faith journey. If, if you want to get clarity on what your greatest purpose is, what you feel like you want to pursue, the end goal in your life, it will help you experience a more simple life. But for those of us that are followers of Jesus, our ultimate purpose is given to us. There's not, I mean, the, the number one category is kind of filled in for us. There is an invitation to seek first the kingdom of God and all of these other things, these other worries, desires, concerns, questions, they will fall into place as we pursue God. Now, practically speaking, I want to make sure that we all have an opportunity to do this because the reality is, like Jesus said, we have to be cautious, to be aware, to be intentional, that we will slowly start to drift to believing that if I could just have more stuff, or if I could just have more time, or maybe if I could just have more simplicity, we'll start to believe if I could just have more, that somehow I'll I'll experience life, wholeness, fullness. And ultimately, the invitation for us is to say, no, I need to understand what the primary thing is. And when I know that, it helps me answer the rest of these questions. It helps me know how to, how to say yes, when to say no. And so practically speaking, I want to give us, just all of us, uh, some practical questions to ask ourselves, maybe some practical things to do. So I wrote down six. There's probably way more than six. I need you to memorize every one of, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to read these a couple of times. They're kind of small letters, but... Um, 
six practical things for us to do. The first one, I think, is the most important, but the other five are super crucial for us. And I want us to think for a second about our lives. And in a second, I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to have to tell somebody the answer to the question, okay? So just prepare your hearts a little bit. We're not going to do, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but just I want to give you a heads up. So the first one is to know your purpose, Now, we talked about this already. Like I said, you know, for those of us, there's an invitation, there's a command really from Jesus to seek first the kingdom of God and then everything else will fall into place. The needs, the fears, the worries, it all falls into place as we have this first priority right. For those of us that are pursuing this thing, we start to realize that our schedule becomes less about what we want to get done the way we handle our calendar, it's less about what we need to get done, and it's actually more about who we want to become. We fill our time with things that help us become the person that we feel like is the, this is what I've decided. This is who I want to be. It's less about how much can I get done and more about how do I create time and handle my calendar in a way that allows me to become the person I've already decided that I want to be. The second thing is to remind yourself of your purpose. It feels a little bit silly, but we quickly forget. I quickly forget. Ultimately, the the main thing that I'm moving, I get distracted by fears, worries. Jesus listed all all of these things. He says, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to have for lunch. Chris is going to finish preaching in a minute. It's going to be okay. It's going to work itself out. He gives us the, don't worry about these things. Continue reminding yourself about what the clear biggest purpose is. What is this end goal you're moving towards? Thomas Merton, I read a quote from him earlier. He also said this. He says, without courage, we can never attain true simplicity. He says, cowardice keeps us double-minded. And I had to think about that for a little while. Cowardice, being a coward keeps us double-minded. What he's ultimately saying is if we don't have the courage to focus singularly on this main priority, this clear purpose, then we will get nervous and we'll start thinking about other things. Like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm going to pursue God and a relationship with God and, and make his kingdom first. And, and also I got to make sure I, I also just like maybe like 1A and 1B. I also need to split and focus this other thing. He's saying we have to be focused to attain the simplicity that God wants for us. The third thing is to practice minimalism with your stuff. I know I said that's not the way to find simplicity. That's not the only, it's part of it. We do need to experience simplicity. Some of us have so much stuff and we are invited to, and there is a challenge to simplify the amount of stuff that we have. We have to pursue this thing. To declutter our digital life is number four declutter our digital life. Uh, Our phones sabotage our concentration more than anything else. Your desire to be who you want, whether that's, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pray on my way to work. And then all of a sudden our phone rings or we get a text or we want to finish a podcast or we say, you know what, I'm going to just hang out with my kids tonight when I get home. And, but then you're also checking the scores of March Madness. I can say that one because I don't like basketball. So I know some of you guys are like, oh, come on, Chris. Uh, or I'm going to finish that level on Candy Crush or whatever the thing is. I don't even know if that's still like a game that people play. Uh, but our phones, they create this distraction for us. We have to declutter our digital lives The fifth thing is to schedule our time. 
it seems obvious, but we have to decide, okay, what's the most important thing? And we put the big rocks in place first in our calendar. We say, okay, here's the priorities. I'm not going to be out more than two nights a week. We're going we're gonna to be home together as a family or with my roommates or, or with my friends. We're going we're gonna to do this this many nights a week. We're going to be at church this many times a month. We're going to, uh, whatever this looks like, we put the big rocks in place first, and then we fill in with the smaller rocks. And then the sixth thing is to learn to say no, which for some of you is really easy. And for some of us is very hard. Saying no is a challenge for me. And for a lot of people, it's a big challenge. I heard somebody say, I don't remember who it was, but they said, the word no is a complete sentence. It is grammatically correct. You can just say no. Now you may want to be kind about it, but there's, a, there's always this sense for me of this guilt, of this pressure of like, man, I can't really say no. What, is it, what does this look like? We have to wrestle with this. Um, one author said it this way. He says that one yes has to be defended over time by a thousand no's. One decision of what we want to say yes to, of who we want to be, of the purpose we feel like we've decided we're going to move towards this goal, we have to defend that one yes by saying no to a thousand other things. So here's the part where you guys get to play along. So know your purpose, remind yourself of your purpose, practice minimalism with your stuff, declutter your digital life, schedule your time, and learn to say no. I want you to take five seconds, because you probably already know which one of those makes you the most angry, and I want you to turn to someone beside you, and I want you to tell them the one that you need to focus on. And maybe it's all of them, but I just want you to pick one and say, I'm going to focus on one of these things. And I want you to say it out loud to someone else. You can put it in the chat window if you're watching online, tell one of our online hosts. But I want you to say it out loud to someone else because there is a sense of accountability and of awareness when we say things out loud. So you've got five seconds to think about it. And I want to hear some mumbling as you guys try and whisper which one of these things. Know your purpose. Remind yourself of your purpose. Practice minimalism with your stuff. Declutter your digital life. Schedule your time. Learn to say no. You can't say no to this exercise. You have to play this. So I think our, our normal assumption to create, to experience a simple life, I think our normal best guess would be to buy less, get rid of the extra stuff we have, and to clear up our time. And those are important pieces, and some of us really need to do some of those things. But those things alone will not create simplicity for us. You have got to decide who you want to be. To create a simple life, you have got to have a clear purpose. And when we move towards this clear purpose, it answers questions for us about how should we spend our money, how, how should we go into debt for these types of things? How should I spend my time? Who do I need to say yes to? Who do I need to say no to? When we understand and have clarity on our purpose, it answers so many of these questions. And that is what allows us to start to experience simplicity because we know what the end goal is. And for those of us that have said yes to Jesus, the end goal is to first pursue the kingdom of God to experience that and bring that into the lives of ourselves and others around us. And these other things, these other distractions don't have to hijack us anymore and fill up our lives with the chaos. Let's bow our heads and pray together.
Well, regardless of where you may be at in your faith journey, I believe that everyone has a next step that they can take. If you'd like more information about what it means to put your trust in Jesus, information about getting baptized, or maybe even attending a Discover class to grow more in your faith, you can visit us online at southhills.org forward slash Costa Mesa, and then scroll down to the next steps section. If you'd like more information about tithing or supporting South Hills financially, you can visit southhills.org forward slash giving. Thanks again for listening today, and I hope that I get to see you soon.